This is Exponent Philanthropy's catalytic podcast, Conversations with Leaders at Small Foundations. Meet some of the most creative, resourceful, and risk-taking foundation people in the country. When working to advance its mission, the Pascal Sykes Foundation in New Jersey has never backed away from venturing into new territory. The foundation focuses on nurturing the stability of working families. When it recognized that lack of jobs and transportation in rural South Jersey undermined the well-being of families, The foundation built relationships with organizations in other parts of New Jersey to target resources to this underserved region. Rochelle Todd Yamoa explains how these relationships and the expertise the foundation tapped into allowed it to reach beyond its traditional field to fill major gaps. The foundation's partnership with a Community Development Financial Institution, or CDFI, allowed low-interest loans to be made to smaller businesses in South Jersey, helping grow these key drivers of the economy and ultimately creating opportunity for families. To do this work, the Foundation also partnered with the African American Chamber of Commerce in New Jersey, to target some loans to Black-owned businesses. Businesses owned and run by people of color face disproportionate challenges accessing capital to grow and achieve sustainability. The Pascal Sykes Foundation's investment in the CDFI catalyzed additional investments from large financial institutions and larger foundations multiplying by a factor of five the amount of money available to grow small businesses in South Jersey. Rochelle shares why and how a small foundation ventured beyond its focus to address the system of its issue. What I mean by systems change is really trying to get at some of the root causes of um, the issues that many of the uh, people in the community or the population in the community where the foundation has um, has been working over the past years, which is in the state of New Jersey. The bulk of the uh, work has been in the southern part of New Jersey, uh, which is unique in itself in that um, it is sort of a suburban rural area, mostly rural, um, to be honest, um, with very different needs and um, and I think that the foundation started off by really building strong relationships with people in the in the areas that they're working with too. So I think uh, relationship building is also another another area where the Pascal Sykes Foundation really excels, um, building relationships with people with uh, just local people in the community. 
um, building pe- building relationship with local leaders in, in communities um, and other donors who are committed to the communities and um, governmental agencies and businesses in communities. And, and all of those, those entities have contributed to the foundation's success in trying to tackle a, a, a system change in this uh, in this region. The whole effort around economic development, I think it's great to share that it's just started off with a uh, basic understanding and knowledge from our president, uh, Fran Sykes, just about community development. And, and I think her view was that uh, this region that we were committed to here in Southern New Jersey, there was a lot going on at the time when this economic development um, effort started. I, I would say, I think it's about 11 years ago now. Um, there were, there was a lot of brain drain from this, this, this area. Um, a lot of businesses were closing um, you know, people were going and getting their education and not returning to uh, rural southern New Jersey. They were going off and in, into larger cities around the area, maybe going to Philadelphia or, or Atlantic City or even maybe into Delaware, um, uh, and into Wilmington, Delaware. But there was a at the time, I think there was sort of a like a um, a, a gap in what was actually happening here in in southern New Jersey. And I think her thoughts were, uh, you know, in order for for a community, there needs to be economic development in the community in order for it to to, uh, thrive. There needs to be, people have to have jobs. If if you want people to stay in a community and build up that community, then there have to be jobs for people. So again, as part of this sort of systems change, you know, there was a, there was a, an understanding that uh, families, children and families, you know, they cannot uh, succeed or, or move past this sort of crisis place that they're in unless they are really in control of their own financial situation and their own economic stability. So the intent with the economic development effort was to help businesses grow businesses that may be off the radar, that maybe are not always in a position to go to a large financial institution and get assistance. So, uh, and, and, um, so the, in, in the effort was also to create jobs and also to create tax revenue in these communities as well. And again, I think, you know, uh, the the relationship with the CDFI was also similar to transportation, sort of, you know, maybe out of the scope or realm of what a small family foundation would do. Um, and so I think it started small. Um, it started with relying on experts, doing a lot of listening to people who know um, how this works. And so the um, New Jersey Community Capital, which is the uh, CDFI that we partnered with, uh, they were, you know, sort of um, focused on the middle of the state and the the upper northern part of New Jersey. And they were 
wanting to expand into the southern part of the the state, but they just didn't really have the means. So it was a, a like a perfect partnership that formed, and the foundation was committed to. Uh, the the end goal was not necessarily to support a CDFI, but the end goal was to get finances and loans and money into uh, the local businesses, which would then also create jobs, which would then also lead to more family stability in these communities. Um, And the uh, big effort that you, that, that we did invest in a a year or more ago, um, we partnered with um, the African-American Chamber of Commerce here in the state of New Jersey. Um, we provided them with a $1 million uh, grant so that they could invest in Black-owned businesses in this area. Because at the time, it was around the time of the pandemic, um, It was a, you know there was a lot of social unrest. And we were trying to figure out, well, how can we respond? Again, as, as a small family foundation, what could we do? And so we decided to partner with the chamber, who has a tremendous network of small businesses already developed here in the state. And we just went and said, how can we support them to increase their efforts uh, in what they were already doing here in the state of New Jersey with a, with a lot of the smaller businesses here that may not have been able to access funding that some larger businesses have been able to over the years. So we were very specific with that. We, you know, we wanted we wanted them to target businesses with, frankly, one to two staff people. Um, you know, small. We, you know, we mean mom and pop small businesses. How do we help them grow so that they can, uh, you know, be sustainable? And so that's what what the partnership uh, a lot what we outlined in the partnership with the chamber to really find those small businesses who could benefit from a $50,000, $75,000 loan that might just take them to the next level. I just think it's um, it's difficult for minority and small businesses to ac- access capital. I think just because of some of the systems that have, have been put in place historically, um, where um, women, it's small women businesses have not been maybe seen as, um, as, uh, as more as productive or reliable as other businesses out there. Um, similarly for minorities, I think there has just, I mean, historically, just think in this country, um, there have been systems put in place that just have not allowed uh, the, you know, minority and women-owned businesses to uh, access some of the same resources that are out there for others. One of the businesses that we were uh, excited about was a, a women-owned, minority-owned uh, daycare center in um, in southern New Jersey. Uh, she was able to get a loan to expand her um, her facility, and again, she was able to uh, get a loan that uh, allowed her to hire more staff. So that's an example of a, and this is in an area. Of southern of of New Jersey that is pretty much rural, um, and I, I just think in general, um, you know, 
I think rural areas just have it, it just have difficulty accessing um, some of the same resources that that are that's available for more urban areas and. And I, I don't have the I don't know the reason why that is, but I just think just with accessibility, it's difficult um, for uh, businesses in rural areas to access some of the same resources. So that that um, woman was able to uh, expand her facility and able to hire more staff, which again enabled her to service more um, families in that region by us creating this Thrive South, South Jersey initiative, which was which enabled New Jersey to community capital to expand into the southern part of New Jersey, it, it enabled them to leverage our funds and partner with other larger financial institutions, as well as other larger uh, philanthropic uh, institutions to expand that program. And as of as of about um, as of now, I think that program was able to provide about 68 loans and it grew to over our our initial investment of 10 million dollars grew to over 57 million dollars because of their ability to partner with uh, larger financial institutions and other philanthropic uh, donors in the state of New Jersey. And through those partnerships, New Jersey Community Capital was able to offer, for example, uh, zero interest loans for businesses or very low interest loans for businesses. Um, and so, yes, our partnership with this CDFI was enabled it to grow, I would say, fivefold because of our uh, commitment to this this program and because of their ability to leverage the funds that we invested in the program um, in the beginning. And I think, you know, in terms of other other philanthropic donors, they saw also, okay, this is, this uh, program is working. We see the results. There are, you know, tremendous gains being made um, from people in the region. And so I think it created a sense, again, of trust and uh, they they wanted also to invest in, in this uh, program as well because they could see the benefits of it. I would say that we were the catalyst for this because again, um, for for I would say what what's important, especially for you know members of exponent philanthropy who who can tend to be um, on the mid, mid to smaller size, it is possible to just, ignite a fire and others will come and say, oh, this is working. And we might not be experts on this, or we might not have all the knowledge or skills about this, but this is this is possible and this is doable. And I think that's one of the things where the Pascal Sykes Foundation has succeeded because we are a small staffed um, foundation. And, and we, although our uh, staff um, has a tremendous in exceptional backgrounds and experience, we there were, we didn't have experience in economic development. We didn't have experience in uh, transportation. We we didn't have the expertise in systems change. But I think we were able to to um, you know put our efforts 
into a small, you know, start small and it grew. And I think that's the same thing that I would like to say about our transportation efforts. They are now, um, our uh, working group is partnering with the state of New Jersey. And even those transportation efforts will sustain themselves after the foundation closes its doors. So I think in that way, we we also started, a, a we, we, we lit a flame there and now it's growing on its own. And I think that's one of the accomplishments that the Pascal Sykes Foundation can say that it's that it participated in. I just can't emphasize any more how how small foundations can really make a big, huge impact in communities by building those relationships, by listening. And again, as you say, by taking risks and, um, you know, maybe going an alternative route to get to an, to an end point that you might not think that you can do. Um, I, you know, I can't say that enough. I mean, that's one, that's one of the things that I really have respected about the Pascal Sykes Foundation is, is that, you know, our um, ability to just leverage relationships and not think that anything was too big for us to really um, tackle. Um, and I think there were a lot of uh, challenges and lessons learned um, over the years, um, but that was all a part of, I think, the learning process and how to get better. And if you're not, you know, making mistakes and you don't know how to improve. And so, you know, I don't think it wasn't all smooth or easy, but I think that there were, was a lot of um, openness for learning along the way, a lot of openness for listening along the way um, that uh, helped um, with many of the efforts that we invested in. It can be really intimidating. I think when you think we're going to work with the New Jersey department of transportation to bring shuttles to an area. I mean, it's not something that I think, you know, people besides the people who think about transportation every day um, really think about, you know, it's the behind the scenes. How do the how does it work? You know, even with, you know, um, the economic development work but behind the scene, you know, how do how do businesses thrive? What's what's getting it? What are the root causes of why people's businesses close or why they decide to move or, or go somewhere else? Why? Why does that happen? And um to sort of dig into that deeper and understand it um, and then try to remedy it, it's, it can be intimidating. Um, but again, I go back to the relationships that you build with people who, who do know how this works. And, um, and those relationships don't happen overnight, but they're, they're, they're possible to build those relationships with people who, who are experts in these areas and they can help they we, you know we can partner with them to fill some of the gaps that are that exist in um, in community development thanks to Rochelle Todd Yamoa for joining us to learn more about the work of the Pascal Sykes Foundation visit the catalytic podcast website Look for new catalytic podcasts each month. Meet more creative funders. Benji Rue does the audio engineering and mixing. Our website is by Kwok Lee. Our music is by O Future. The Catalytic Podcast is made possible by grants from two Exponent members. 
1772 Foundation and the Blackstone Ranch Institute. I'm your producer and host, Andy Carroll. Thanks for listening. Join us next time.